What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. I know over the next few months, we're going to, especially for those of you that have been a part of Convo, if you're new today, the new, new folks always get a pass, but for those that are, have been a part of Convo, we're going to have to remember who we are. We're going to have to remember that we're not a quiet church. We're not in a library. We're not at a graveside. We are in the most exciting place on the face of the planet. Together as a community of the church. Reconnecting together. And as we're doing it together, reconnecting with God, amen? When we, when, uh, while we were setting up this morning, I couldn't help but look up at the scoreboard. Y'all see the eight up there? We didn't put that there. And, uh, and I don't always go over the top with symbolism, but eight is the number for new beginnings in the Bible. And uh, so none of us put it up there. I don't know if somebody put that up there as a treat before, but um, I felt like as we were wrapping out worship today, I felt like that that was a word for somebody, that you are stepping into a new beginning today, a brand new start, a brand new beginning. For us, it's a new beginning because this is our first time with an open service here. But you got to understand that God is a God of new beginnings, not just a new beginning. I don't know about you. Maybe for you it is. For me, it's been many new beginnings, many new second chances, right, many new opportunities because that's the heart and the grace of God. It's to create new opportunities and new beginnings for people who are broken and imperfect to be able to continue to encounter a God who is not so that we can become what God envisioned when he created us with purpose and with destiny. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the Bible today and spend a few minutes here. And uh, that's what we do at Convo Church. We don't believe that, that we can just sing songs and then go live life the best way that we know how. We actually believe that we need the word of God in our life so that we know how to live the life that God created us to live. We need it. Drastically, we need it as much as we need the oxygen that we breathe in order to live. The word of God is spiritual oxygen for us to be able to exist and thrive and know what to do, know how to live, know how to be. And we need that. That's a big part of who we are as a church. So if you do have a Bible with you, or we always encourage everybody, if you don't have a physical Bible, that's okay. There's a, we always tell people, make sure on your phone you download the free Bible app that's called the Version Bible app. Everybody on the planet should have it, and it's free. It puts the Bible at your fingertips, helps you to go there fast. But we're going to go to the book of Philippians. And if you've been with us online for the past few months, we've been going through a series on the book of Philippians. Who can tell me the title of the series? Joy Anyway. And I'm going to read, we're going to start in chapter 2. Uh, Today we're going to cover verses 12 through verses 16. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And to give context again, the author of this letter is Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's writing to the church in Philippi. He's in prison while he's writing. He had some free time. And uh, and actually most of his ministry was that way. But we're going to, again, start in verse 12 and pick up here, and you can follow along with me. Paul says, Dear friends, You always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. 
Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Somebody say, God's working in me. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Verse 14, do everything without arguing, without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. God, we ask that in the time that we have today together, we pray that you would open up our hearts. We want our minds open to receive what you're trying to speak. God, we can speak one word from you, and it can apply to all of us in the ways that you need us to receive it. And so we ask today that your Holy Spirit would be here mightily in this place. God, we want to be transformed by you into what you have created us to be. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. So it's been a minute since we've been together in person, and that's okay. Um, everything in me, I just kind of want to like crank all the lights up and just hang out and tell stories, see how's everybody, how everyone's doing, what's the last, you know, four or so, four or five months been for you, you know, how's it going with your family, how's it going with your job, how's it going with everything, and uh, we'll, we'll get that time eventually, but, but right now it's so important for us to continue to catch up on what God is trying to speak to us as a church. Because God speaks to a particular part of the body in a specific way so that we can function in a proper way as that part of God's body. Which is why there are multiple churches in the city. It's not because there's division. It's because it's different parts of the body that have different things that God is trying to use that part of the body to accomplish. So it's important for us as we dive into God's word to be open to hear what God is trying to speak to us. We need to understand that in the crazy times where we're living right now. 2020, none of us had a clue. It's going to be a great year, 2020, the year of perfect vision, the year of who knows all great things are going to, we're finally going to have flying cars this year. I, no one ever said that, but I've always been looking forward to that. Anybody used to watch the Jetsons back in the day? Okay, all right. There's a little generational gap in that reference. I realize that. That's okay. <clears throat> but, I, but something that has been evident to me throughout everything that we have faced either as, a, over, uh, as, a, as an entire community and nation or individually the things that we have faced in this season is that more than ever, God is relevant to what we're going through. God has not lost his relevance because things have gotten so crazy that to a degree they feel like they're out, out of our control. God's word has not lost his relevance. The power of God's Holy Spirit has not been overshadowed by the things that we see. And so for us to really grab hold of what is ahead of us, it's not about us trying to find what makes sense so that we can proceed. It's about us reconnecting to the reality of who God is so that we can proceed. As we laid out this series uh, within the last few weeks, within the last actually couple of months, one of the things that we realized and why we even named this series Joy Anyway is because we've talked about this foundation about how happiness, it's not happiness anyway, it's joy anyway. Happiness is something that you can have and it is dependent upon what is happening to you. Which is why you can be happy one day 
top of the world. And then something shifts, something changes, happiness gone. So that, there, there's a flaw in when we dedicate ourselves to trying to strengthen our happiness. I'm just trying to get happy again. I'm just trying to work on my happiness. Well, there's really nothing much that you can do to control that because we can't always control the outside circumstances, can we? So that means that you can't control all the time what's happening to you. Therefore, you can't grasp and control your happiness. But what you can get a grasp of is joy. Why? Because joy is not dependent on what happens to you. Joy is dependent on who God is. And when we continue to allow Jesus Christ to be the source of where we find our hope and where we find our life sustenance and where we find our strength and our joy, then we don't have to be concerned about what is happening because it doesn't have the authority to steal what God gave us. See, the world can't take from you what the world never gave to you. Sometimes we allow it to, but it doesn't have the authority to steal from you unless you give the world authority to take it from you. Jesus tells us in his gospels, as he speaks, he says, hey, all authority's been given to me. And then later he says, I'm giving you all authority. All authority. So when it comes to the things that God wants to do in you and what God's wanting to give to you, it has nothing to do with the circumstances around us. Because God's power trumps everything else in the world around us. And if we can latch on to that as Jesus followers, and maybe you're here today, you're not a Jesus follower yet. You're not sure about this whole Christian thing. You're not sure if it's just another religion or what. And that's okay. This is a beautiful place for you. Because Convo is the type of church where you can belong here even before you believe what we believe. But we are passionate about being Jesus followers who are bringing God's love and grace into everyday conversations through his power influencing every sphere of life. And so you can be here and maybe not be on the same page as us, but we're gonna love you and we're going to encourage you and this environment's going to inspire purpose inside of you. Faith is gonna be built up inside of you until you get to the point where you realize this Jesus thing's for real. I think, I think this is where I need to make that decision. I need to give my life to Jesus and we've seen hundreds of people do it at Convo. But I just love the fact that joy can remain because the world can't take joy. The world did not give you joy. God gave you joy, therefore the world does not have permission to take what God has given you. And somebody needs to grab that, needs to swallow it, and you need to take it back with you out into the world Monday through Saturday. You need to remind your circumstances, you cannot steal my joy, you didn't give me my joy. My job, my job did not give me joy, therefore my job cannot steal my joy. Relationships did not give me joy, therefore relationships cannot steal my joy. I'm going to go into the text a little bit. If you, if you want to get caught up on that and you haven't heard some of the other messages we've been uh, doing in Philippians, you can always go back to our YouTube channel, watch some of those messages, and, and get caught up. But I want to move forward in the text here today. Let me start off with kind of giving you this statement. You can't live saved without hard work. Do I have your attention yet? I didn't say you can't be saved. I said you can't live saved without hard work. I'll prove it. This is what Paul's talking about in this text today. Can't live saved without hard work. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven without hard work. Actually, 
You can't even have salvation without hard work. But the cool thing is, is that the hard work's been done for you. Think about that. Like your salvation, putting your faith in Christ, is the thing that, that connects and, and identifies and creates a moment of salvation where everything that you have been in your brokenness is now gone. Every sin, everything from your past that you're embarrassed of, everything that has separated you from God and from your destiny and your purpose in an instant of putting your faith in Christ is, is supernaturally and miraculously transformed. doesn't seem like hard work. You're like, wow, it's just a mindset shift. It's just a confession in my mouth. Romans 9 and 10 says, how do you get saved? Well, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he's God, and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're like, is there, are there like a like little asterisk next to that? Like, is there a lot that goes into this for my salvation? Don't I have to earn it? No, you can't. Because on your best day, on my best day, we'll never be able to earn salvation from God. You know what? God knew that. Therefore, he decided when it comes to me bringing humanity back into relationship with me, I'm going to do the heavy lifting for them because I love them so much and I'm going to bridge that gap. So for you to be saved, it took hard work. It took Jesus being falsely arrested. It took Jesus being brutally beaten beyond recognition. It took Jesus being nailed to a cross and hung there for six hours until his body broke and died. It took being put in the grave. It took a miraculous, supernatural victory over death, hell, and the grave, and a resurrection. Piece of cake, right? also that you could be saved. So we don't have to do the heavy lifting for salvation. We just have to, with our heart and our mind, declare by faith, God, I believe who you are. Jesus, I know that you're real. Will you forgive me for what I've been and help me be what you created me to be? But Paul's not talking about getting saved. He's talking about living saved. Because there is a large gap in our culture, in our society, between people who want the benefits of salvation but are not exactly sure if they understand what it means after that. And honestly, to a degree, a lot of that falls on the church for not teaching it. It's like, hey, you got saved, good job, you're not going to hell, now what? We'll see you next week. Just keep tithing and giving, we'll work it out. No, there's a community responsibility, isn't there? That's this word discipleship. Discipleship is the process, not of getting saved. It's the process of every day applying yourself to learning more who God is, surrounding yourself with people who are going to go in the same direction as you, towards God, dedicating yourself to this right here, the Bible, being passionate about discovering who God is in Scripture, having people in your life who can tell you about the Holy Spirit of God, having people who will push you into taking the steps to be water baptized. It's like, well, does that, do I have to be water baptized to be saved? No, it's, it's not, that's not part of that component. But what water baptism does do is that it points and pushes you in the direction of declaring, not just with your words, but with your life, that I am now surrendered to following Jesus. And I want everybody to know about it. Jesus didn't die on the cross in a private ceremony. He was fully exposed to the world. 
for all to see and to point and to mock and to ridicule. Kind of going off on a tangent there. Anyway, working hard. So Paul's talking about working hard to show the results of your salvation. And so I think the obvious question is, so how, how do we do that? How do we work hard to show the results of our salvation? And so when we look at the next few verses, it breaks it out for us. The first, uh, the first verses up to, up to verse 11 in, in Philippians chapter 2 are actually talking about our heart condition and our attitude when it comes to serving God. And he kind of gets into it. He's talking about the dangers of the division within the church in Philippi and how you have to fight and you have to contend for the spirit of unity in your fellowship. You have to f- not fight each other. We've got plenty of that right now. All you have to do is get online. We're fighting each other for things that are, at best, they're uh, secular facts. At the worst, they're personal opinions. And they're things that are dividing us. And the enemy is laughing his head off all throughout the week. Because maybe the devil can't make you reject God and go to hell, but he sure as heck can distract you and get you off of your purpose. There is a battle taking place right now in our world, not for politics, not for which side of the science and the medical world are you going to lean and decide. It's not about that. The battle that's taking place right now in the world around us is a battle that you can't even see. It's a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And we are, we are seeing in the church world so much people that are being pulled away from the kingdom of God, not losing salvation, that's not the topic or the point, but being pulled away in distraction from the things that we should be dedicated to as Jesus followers. We're allowing ourselves to be polarized by things that are not central to the heart and the desire of God. And as a matter of fact, even to an extreme that we are actually seeing people pull away from the things that are obviously connected to the heart of God, to those who are hurt, broken, cast out, because it doesn't fit within a certain political sphere of influence. Jesus did not come to vote to the left or to the right. Jesus came to establish a kingdom that was far above anything that this world has ever known. Jesus was born into a twisted, broken political system. If you know the context and you know the history. But it was always his focus to say, hey, don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Look up. Even all the way back in the Psalms, God was speaking through through David, and he prophetically was speaking of, hey, uh, where does my help come from? It says, my help comes from the Lord. He goes, where do I look? I look to the mountains. He's looking up. He's raising his perspective, not over here, not over here. He's looking up because he knows that there is a higher perspective where we need to place not just our attention, but our life and our heart so that we can be connected to the things that will actually impact the other things that are taking place in our world. We got work to do. Verse 12 says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Reverence and fear equals honor. Now, for someone who may not be within the kingdom of God, fearing God might be different because the fear of God when you don't know God could very much look like the fear of being afraid of something. 
And I've heard too many times people try to dumb that down. No, 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 that's okay. Don't be afraid of God. No, if you don't know who God is, and if you are, because I've been there before, if you are living in a reality that has rejected who God needs to be in your life, then you should be afraid of God. The Bible tells us that he's the one that has the power to judge us and to determine our eternal destiny. I don't know about you, but that should put the fear of God in someone. Because that, that is actually not a demonstration of an angry God. That's a demonstration of the grace of God. Because even that fear of who God is can bring you to a place of decision and recognizing, I don't know if I have it figured out yet, but I know I need this God. But here's the cool thing. Once you begin to realize who God is, you begin to realize that fear, instead of being afraid, that fear turns into awe and respect and honor. <clears throat> For my dad, there were plenty of times where I was afraid of my dad. And he put the fear of God in me many times. But as I got older and I got to know my dad better and as I matured, I realized my dad's not actually that scary. It was kind of good that I was scared at first because it taught me some things. But now I, now I know I don't have to be afraid. But, I, but now my fear of my father has turned into awe and respect of my father. That's what Paul is trying to get us to here. So let's talk about real quick in a couple of minutes here, how can I show the results of my salvation? Number one, realize God is working in you. This, is so, this, this has to be so freeing for somebody. God is working in you. Do you know what that means? That means that he's doing work in you that you might think, well, I've got to do all this work, and he's telling you, no, this isn't about what you need to do. It's about what you need to let me do inside of you. God wants to do a transformative, redemptive, saving work inside of us to transform the way that we think. Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about that. How do we change ourselves? How do we become something that is different? How do we break the things that we have struggled with? By trying really hard? By having willpower? No. God tells us that we simply need to allow him, give him permission to come in and change the way that we think because our thinking will, will, will lead to living. Our thinking will turn into actions. Our thinking will turn into our words. And those are the things that become what shines through us. And gosh, that's what I really wanna to get to, but I don't wanna skip the next one. Number two, do everything without complaining or arguing. Um, in this verse, I love how Paul, this is not a small statement, right? Because the word everything is a little bit all-encompassing. Do everything without complaining or arguing. I hear you, Paul. But what you're really saying is certain things. No, I'm saying everything, okay? I hear what you're saying. What I'm hearing, though, is, you know, it, it's just, but Paul, even, even when Paul's writing this, he doesn't stop. He just kind of keeps going. Because it's kind of like a little bit of a slap in the face for everybody to be like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna have to meditate on that. It's not really rocket science, but I'm going to have to think on that. Because I think Paul was trying to get to this next one, and this is, this is really where I want us to make sure we get this point today. And I didn't even give you the title of this message. It's, it's Shine Bright for Jesus, and that's actually the third point. Because in verse 15, Paul is trying to get at something for the Philippians. He's trying, he says in verse 15, so that no one can criticize you, period. Live clean and innocent lives as children of God. As who? As children of who? 
children of God. As children of, you mean not, not children of, of a conservative mindset or a liberal mindset, right? But children of God. How can we live as the children of God? Because how, how, what, does that, what does that mean in America? What does that look like in America? It doesn't. It looks like something in the kingdom of God. Live as children of God. Check this out. If you are, this will happen. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Now here's the thing. Nowhere right here is it telling us that our job as children of God is to live lives that, that shame crooked and perverse people. It says we're actually supposed to shine bright in a world. That means that we are being placed smack dab in the middle of the crookedness and the perversity of what we see in our world's culture. And it doesn't mean that we're silent. It's not about being silent. It's about what is coming out of us that will impact the crooked and the perverse culture. Because when we allow ourselves to shine, that means that you are going to draw attention to yourself. Now, there are two different ways that we see the church in our nation shine. And it's not, both of them aren't shining, but I'm just kind of using this word. You can be dark and loud and get attention. Or you can be bright and shine and get attention. One is going to lead to division. One is going to lead to God coming through and bringing transformation. So it's not about us as the children of God being the loudest voices in the midst of everything that we see. But what it is about is making sure that as attention is brought to us by the life that we live and the words that we say, that the attention that is coming to us is a deflecting attention. Because the, the, the light is shining and people are drawn to the light. It says that we're the ones that are going to shine. That means they're going to be attracted to you. So when we start getting really weird about, no, don't come to me, it's all about God. No, they're coming to you because the light is shining inside of you. God is putting a responsibility on Jesus' followers to live a life and to have something of substance to give to people that will give them the peace, the solution, the answers, and hopefully the joy that they're looking for. So that in the midst of all of this, what the world around us can see when the church is persevering, when the church refuses to stop singing, when the church refuses to allow the outside circumstances to dictate who we are, what we will preach, how we will live, how we will stand, we're gonna get, a, we're gonna get attention. And you know what? Shining like a bright light doesn't always attract great attention. But if we can trust God in the season and we can trust God in the moment, we will see the glory and the honor be put in the direction of our Lord and our Savior. It's so important for us to continue to wrestle with the heart for people that God has. We can't love God ourselves and then treat people the opposite way that God treated us. Because if God had enough grace for us that created space for a relationship to take place, that's an example. It's not an exception. God is looking for his people, the church, Jesus' followers, to become a community of people wherever they are in the small sense and in the greatest sense, a community of people who will treat others. And when I say others, 
don't think of somebody who's like just a little bit of distance from you. I'm talking about the person that you would never even want to associate with because you're on such polar opposites and extend to them the very thing that Jesus extended to you. That's what's going to open up the door for opportunity, for the attention that comes in that will connect people to the heart of God within the church. Come on, church. God wants us to shine. He wants us to be bright. He wants us to have answers. He wants us to lead with love. He wants us to engage his presence in a way that becomes contagious around us. Because our world doesn't need more right. Our world needs more light. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Convo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.